faith that we have a God who is so concerned, so concerned with the affairs of our daily life. And I don't know how many of you have, have flown um, in a plane and, and had the privilege of sitting at a window seat. And, and one of the things that you notice when you're so many miles, um, I'm sorry, feet, not miles. <laughs> so, we're not in space. So many feet above, um, you know, the ground, you know, and you're looking and all of a sudden you see, you realize um, how small we are physically, right? Compared to the, 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 the depth and the, the scale of the earth. You look down and, and everything begins to disappear. And then it looks like the earth is this, this sort of quilt of, of brown and gray um, until you get over the ocean, right? Then it's, a, it's just all blue. And, but you realize how small we are. And I love the scripture that says our God sits high and he looks low, but that the heaven, the heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. And so we have a God in our minds. It's hard to, to wrap our minds around how large our God is, how large our God is, how small we are, how big we make our problems, <laughs> yet how concerned and how much care he has for those issues within little old us and each and every one of us. And at the same time and simultaneously, just imagine that. This is why none of us as, as humans could ever be God. We could never, we, we couldn't, the, the, uh, we can't compute. How, how do you, how are you omnipresent, omniscient, how are you existing in the past and present and future simultaneously? How are you hearing all of the prayers of the people that are crying out in different languages and different locations at the same time? And being able to move and act on all of those, it, it's it blow, it, literally mind-blowing. And, and, and Paul said it often in scripture. He said, I behold, I show unto you a mystery. And, and I love, um, and I'm, I'm going to get to the point here. I'm just kind of kind of rambling before the sermon. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, I, I, I love when he was taken up into heaven. He said, I, I, I saw things that I couldn't even, I can't utter. I can't utter. There, there are mysteries and there, there's such a depth and gravity to our God and, and to knowing him and to what's promised to us after this life and, and also being able to be a part of the kingdom the kingdom of God, which is at hand today. Amen. So God, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. We thank you for the songs of praise. We thank you, God, for the worship. We thank you, Lord, for uh, this family, this family that loves each other, that supports each other, that uh, is learning, learning each week, each day, how to be more like you. We thank you, God, that uh, you keep us humble, that you heal us, that you deliver us, that you are the one that uh, we know that we can trust in and, and depend on no matter what we're going through. And so we ask of God that your word goes forth with accuracy, balance, and clarity this morning, that it's not about me or, and that my delivery doesn't get in the way with what you want to tell your people. Um, I pray that your Holy Spirit speaks through me unfiltered and, and, and not impeded unimpeded by by me 
uh, but that you can truly speak to your people and to do whatever the word is going to go forth to let it to do. You said that it would never return unto you void, and we thank you, O oh God, for that promise. Uh, so we love you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today, um, and I, I want to say I thank God for this, this song selection. Uh, we we really took it back. We took it back. I don't know, Elder Rod didn't even didn't even sing, and and we we took it back to fifties, uh, the sixties, seventies, and uh, all the eras before I was born. And I, I but I thank God for that because <laughs> here's why. There's a scripture that I love uh, in the Old Testament that talks about not going in a way that the fathers didn't go. And, and it talks about the, the importance of knowing, knowing um, your heritage, your spiritual, spiritual heritage. But then also, there's, it's the importance of all the songs that were sung today. It's the simplicity of the message of the gospel. And I think oftentimes today we can get so, um, for lack of a better word, we get so fancy, we get so... Uh, mainstream, right? We, we try to get too cutesy, too creative, uh, to appeal to the masses, where a lot of times the simplicity of the message is where the power is. And so those messages and those songs were the songs, right, that many of you shaking your head, they, they kept our, our forefathers and our foremothers. They kept them through a lot of the trying times that they went through. So they didn't necessarily have the five-piece, the five-part harmony. They didn't have you know, the, the musicians, they didn't have that. They didn't need a drummer because they had their feet and they had their hands. And so it was the foot that became the kick drum and it was the hand that became the snare. And you had the tambourines that became the cymbals and you had the people crying out that became that harmony. You didn't need all the fancy trappings because you had people that were worshiping together in unity and in unison. And when you have that, you have such a powerful, powerful moment that far surpasses anything that can be orchestrated through a, an engineering, audio engineering crew and a, and a sound crew uh, that's making millions every year. Amen. So it's 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 about um, understanding our past and understanding the power of the message of the gospel through those songs. So I thank everyone who who sang this morning uh, so far with with the deli delivery and the message that they have given us. So. I don't plan on being before you long. I feel like my uh, lead up to the sermon might be even longer than the sermon itself. Uh, but we're going to talk today about compassion, compassion. All right. It's not a uh, not one of those fancy titles. Right. It's not. I was talking to my mom getting ready for this week. And, and my mom, she she suggested, she said, hey, Tim, she don't, why don't you share share that sermon that you preached before about Jacob wrestling with the angel? And I said, well, I, I could, but I'm not I'm not a big fan of reruns. So I said, um, you know, and I said the other thing was that it was a more demonstrative. It was a, a you know, I'm, I'm sitting down in a chair, which, you know, preaching sitting down is not it's, not, it's just something about it. Right. So, um, you know, you don't really necessarily hear the amens and get the feedback and that's all right. But I said, uh you know, I, I feel that as soon as my uncle asked me last week to preach, that the Lord put it on my heart to preach about compassion, uh, to preach about one of those subjects that we don't necessarily talk a lot about, um, you know, but I was looking up several different dictionaries and, and the, de the definition that I found that really struck me was compassion means to suffer together, 
It means to suffer together. And then I started thinking about empathy. And if you're empathetic, then that means you, you're not just sympathetic because sympathetic is feeling sorry for someone. Empathetic goes deeper than that and that you, you, you feel what they're going through typically because, or generally because you've actually gone through that same thing or something similar. So you can empathize and you feel that person. But the thing about compassion is that it takes it a step further than even empathy. Because compassion, it says, yes, I feel you and I feel what you're going through. I feel the pain. I feel the struggle. But then the question internally becomes, what can I do to help? And so it's more action oriented. Empathy is just the feeling, right? Sympathy is just saying, I'm, I, I feel sorry for you. But the compassion is internally asking, okay, I feel you, but how can I help in this matter? And so as we, we go around, we look through the scripture and we follow Jesus, oftentimes we see that the, the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. And, and that always like pulled on my heartstrings in that, you know, we have a God, again, we were talking about the, the how large our God is, the gravity of, of the situation. And, and yet he looks at us and he is moved with compassion. Uh, and, and so the thing about it is that for him to have that compassion means that he would also have to understand. And that's why he wrapped part of the reason why he wrapped himself up in human flesh and came in the person of Jesus, because he said, I don't want to just look at what you're going through and not have that connection. I don't want to to just say you can get through this. Right. It's like listening to a motivational speaker or someone that's telling you. You can make it, you can do it, you can get through this, right? And then they, this person you're talking about, you know, you might be struggling financially, have, have like a dollar fifty in your checking account, and this person was born into millions. I was like, well, what are you talking about? You have no idea what it means to be in that situation, right? And so, but God said, okay, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like a motivational speaker of my time. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be just telling you how to get through. I need to experience. I need to be tempted in all points, as scripture said, as you are. I want to feel the struggle that, that, that you go through, but then I want to show you that you can overcome it without falling, without failure, without giving in, because I have overcome the world, Jesus said, you can also, right? And so he says, I, I, so I, I need to feel what you're feeling. And, and, and so he's moved, as you read through the, the, the New Testament, he's moved with compassion. He, and, he, and typically when you see that a miracle, a miracle immediately follows, whether it's feeding someone, whether it's healing someone. And we're going to talk about that today. So if you could turn to Mark chapter one. And we're going to start a couple of scriptures, just verse 40. When you have it, you can nod your head, you can wave your hand, you can give me an emoji online. All right, so Mark. One, I'm reading from the New King James. It says, now, this is verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, 
you can make me clean. 41, then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. In 42, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Now there's three main points to sound like my uncle. There's three main points I want to pull from this passage of scripture from these three verses. And, and my uncle has, has preached a lot about leprosy, even recently talked about the, the social ramifications of someone with leprosy. He, he's gone into the medical, um, you know, the terminology and how it's called Hansen's disease nowadays. And we have a lot more understanding of it. And there are many people that still live with it. Um, but how back in those times, it was considered a death sentence. He's, he's mentioned this before. So I'm not going to really rehash all of the the medical aspects of what this disease entails. Um, but you go back to Leviticus 13 and the leprous person who had the disease, it says uh, Leviticus 13 and 45 is, is one of the laws. It's amazing. You look Leviticus 13 and Leviticus chapter 14 deals specifically with leprosy. So there were a lot, a lot of laws regarding this disease. But it says in 45, the leprous person who has this disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and he shall cry out, unclean, unclean. And then it says in 46 of Leviticus 13, he shall remain unclean as long as he has this disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And, 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 you know, it's just not only are you dealing with the physicality of this debilitating disease, but now you are quarantined. Imagine many of us have been quarantined because of COVID, but imagine you have to live the rest of your life quarantined. I know me, I couldn't take it. I love being around people, could not do it, you know. And so I get it. Yeah, death sentence. I mean, it's just to be alone, but not even being able to live in your own tent anymore. <laughs> You know, it, it, they kick you out of your, your place of living and now you're outside of the camp, right? Fishing for scraps. And so the, the first point that, that hit me is that the leper came to him. The leper came to him. So we're going to see a lot of Levitical law being broken in these three scriptures. That was the first one. The leper was not supposed to approach anyone. You're supposed to you're supposed to social distance. You're supposed to stay outside the camp. You're supposed to announce unclean, unclean. You're not supposed to be going near anyone. And so the leper in his condition, understanding by faith who it is, who was in his area. He said, you know what? This is one of those times where I can't I can't rely. I can't listen to Levitical law. I can't let protocol get in the way of my progress. I can't let, you know, what they're telling me in terms of rules and regulations, I can't let that stop my miracle. I, let, I can't let that get in the way of what I need. And, and that even is a lesson to us that sometimes, you know, we, we can't allow, even in a, in a service and in worship, we can't, quote unquote, allow being dignified to get in, in the way of our deliverance. Right. Because sometimes we're so dignified and we're so constrained with our praise and and so constrained with our worship. And we're thinking, 
what other people are thinking about us. And, and, and if I got up and shouted, well, what will they think? And what? And so where we're the leper in this case, he's, he's like, I don't care. I don't care what other people will say in this moment. I don't care what they might do to me legally. This is my opportunity for healing. And so I'm going to take it. He took the initiative. So the leper came to him. And they were, we know they were pariahs. They were social outcasts. Um, and in that same way that Jesus was approachable, we must be approachable. We must be those types of people. We must be seen that way that when we're out at the grocery store, when we're on public transportation, no matter where we are, we have to be that way in that people feel comfortable to approach us. And they, they can just look at us and see, you know, there's something different. You know, there's it beyond the smile that we're giving them, which may be the only smile they receive that day. Beyond that, there is something different. There's a light. There's a light emanating from you. And I'm sure many of you have heard people tell you this. And so we have to, we have to be that way. We have to be approachable to all people. So let's go to back to the, the leper. And in this moment, he realized, he understood that what it says in Hebrews 11 and 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please him, right? So he understood that, yes, my faith mixed with action, mixed with action is going to produce produce what I'm hoping I can receive. He said, for he, in Hebrews eleven six, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that, that diligently seek him. So that's point number one, that the leper broke Levitical law by approaching Jesus in public. Point number two, we're going to skip over the middle verse and go to the last. It says, he spoke and he was cleansed. And the healing came through the Lord's words, a reminder of the power of words, a reminder of the power of the word of God, but also a reminder of the power that we have in terms of our words and that we should be speaking life into people, speaking life into our situations, speaking hope, speaking faith. I love what the, you know, take talking about the old way. Uh, I love what, what the older you saying. She says, well, the season saying she used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, what's the end of that? Don't say anything at all. Amen. So it, it's a simple, it's a simple rule. <laughs> I'll call it a rule. And it's uh, but it, it's it's so powerful. And it's something that a lot of us could, could continue to remind ourselves of uh, on a daily basis. And Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what we say carries a lot, a lot of weight. And I go on to point number three here. So if you go back and it says, the Lord put forth his hand and touched him. And I find that so amazing because reading that the first time, I almost, I almost missed it. Because the Bible says, if you go back, let's look at the original text. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. But then in 42, it says, as soon as he had spoken, 
immediately the leprosy left him. It didn't say as soon as he had touched him. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So the touch wasn't necessary. And so this is what hit me really hard when I was studying this. He says, Lord, you, so you're, you didn't need to even initiate physical contact with this leper. But you wanted to show and let him know that, you know what, I am with you. I got you. I understand. I feel you. Because I could stand back. There were other, other instances in scripture where they said, no, 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 no. Just say the word, Lord, and they'll be healed. You don't even have to darken the door of my house. But there he goes again, move with the compassion. No, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to make a special trip. I'm going to go above and beyond what is even necessary because I want you to understand how much I care about what you're going through. So I know I didn't have to touch you. I didn't have to hold you in this moment. I didn't have to, when you were praying at night, I didn't have to let you feel my presence because I am always present, but I didn't necessarily have to do that. But I wanted to remind you that I am here always. I am here right there with you in this moment. And it was another statement to the people watching he said, I'm not here for your Levitical law. He said, you look, you're, looking, <clears throat> you're looking at the law. You know, you, you, the, the, the Levitical law, the, the, the rules, the precepts, he said that stuff. He said, listen, I am the, the completion, the fulfillment of the law. The law was inadequate. If it was adequate, there would be no need for my arrival. There would be no need for the New Testament. See, if the Old Testament had it all, we wouldn't have to have Matthew all the way through Revelation. If it was enough, if the laws were enough to dictate salvation, it was enough to dictate and keep you living the right way, I would have never had to come in human flesh and be that sacrificial lamb for you all. It was a reminder, that touch, it was a reminder that no matter how unclean we may feel or whatever mess we may find ourselves in, God is like, you know what? It's, 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 it's that image of the person just pulling up their pants leg and said, all right, it's dirty, it's muddy right here. Listen, I'm coming right in here with you and we're gonna walk through this together. We don't, we, don't, we don't serve a, a distant God. We don't serve a God that stands back and says, yep, you, yeah, stand, step, take that step. Right, no, right there. Take a right, no, you're not doing it right. Listen, I need you to take the right step. Okay, now the left, put it up on this ledge. Okay, now, no, no, listen, turn. You're turning the wrong way. We don't serve a God that stands back and, and, and tries to control the situation from afar, but we, we serve a God who says, you know what, I am going to get in this mess, the God that got in the lion's den, the God that got in the fiery furnace. See,
preach, preach, preach. See, if I was there, <laughs> this would have been a good time for me to run down, smack Elder Rod on his hand, and run back to the altar. Because we serve a God who says, I am right there in the midst of your mess. A God who is not afraid to get his hands, feet, legs, arms, head, hair dirty. He said, yeah, okay, yeah, so you have an incurable disease. Okay, yeah, incurable, all right. Listen, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to touch that incurable disease that everyone else is staying away from, that everyone else is distancing themselves from your problems that no one wants to hear. He said, you know what? Sit down. You talk to me about it. See, the therapist can't help you with this, and that's all right, because I didn't design the therapist to help you with these types of spiritual problems. You have a daddy in heaven who can handle these issues alone. So God said, I love you so, so, so much that I don't care about the ramifications of this disease. I don't care if, if they're saying that, you know, now I, according to Levitical law, this is why I said so much law is broken in just these three scriptures, because according to Levitical law, Jesus should not have touched them, should not have gone there, okay? And on top of that, now by Levitical law, now Jesus is considered unclean and he has to social distance. <laughs> he has to go on quarantine. And Jesus like, listen, you're not, you're not putting me in the quarantine, all right? You're not doing this, okay? And so it was funny because we're gonna, if you look at the later part of this passage, he tells the guy, he's like, listen, I don't want you to tell anyone. Don't tell anyone, just go straight to the priest. Again, and he, and he tells him, he says, and present and offer what it is that you're supposed to offer according to the Levitical law which actually required a blood sacrifice from a lamb. And I just, I just couldn't help but think about the sacrificial lamb, right? The sacrificial lamb. And that was one of the things that cleansed, officially cleansed uh, from this disease. And it, it's just... Yeah, I mean, so the guy is so funny because I wrote here, I was, I was making some points about how the point of this miracle was to glorify God, right? Jesus was moved with compassion to glorify God. He didn't do this for his own fame. He didn't do this to make money. He didn't do this. I said, today, today, if this was someone going around doing this, they would have posted it on their Instagram live, their, their Snapchat, their Twitter. It would have been a TikTok. It would probably become a TikTok healing dance. They would have done all this thing to bring attention to themselves and get followers and get subscribers. And, and they would have done all this for glory, for their glory, for self-promotion. And, and if anyone in history could promote themselves, it, 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 it was Jesus. If anyone was, was you know, was uh, worthy, all right? to be called 
a celebrity, someone to be celebrated, I, I would say there's only one, really, in history, true celebrity. That's another sermon, another story. But he, he told him, he said, go your way, show yourself to the priest. And this guy, he just, you know, he, he went out and he just told everybody. It says in 45, he proclaimed it freely. He spread the matter. This is, I'm assuming this is on his way to the temple. So all these people remember this guy with these torn clothes, with this ragged hair and, and his, you know, the covering of his, of his lip. And he is just on the way. I, I can imagine him just leaping and running. And listen, look, look at my skin. Look at all the sores, all the blisters, all the boils. Everything is gone. I have things regenerated that weren't there before. And he's just telling. It was this man. This, it was Jesus out here that I met. And he told him, don't tell anyone. I don't need that. I'm not here right now for this purpose. I need to do some other things. And so he told everybody, and it, it talks about how Jesus couldn't stay there anymore because he had to, he would get mobbed by the crowd, you know, because of, I believe, people coming to him for the wrong reasons, right? A lot of people come to Jesus, but are they coming for the right reason? And so I think that they were coming for healing rather than for the kingdom of God and coming to see what they can get instead of what they can give. And they were coming to feel good instead of giving worship and giving praise. And it was like, they weren't coming to service, to worship, to offer, but they were coming just to receive. And so when we get it twisted and we don't understand the true purpose of our gathering together, then you hear people talk about, well, that service wasn't all that. And, and, and it, it's not necessarily that the service wasn't all that, but it's because your mind, you personally, wasn't all that. You weren't tied into the real reason why you were present in this moment to really give your awe, to give your worship, to give your praise, to get out of yourself and what you might need in that moment and give to the one who is able to supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So may we follow, may we follow Christ's example of compassion. May we be approachable. I remember when I was a kid, and I wrote this down just to remember, when my brother, uh, whatever he was, was, was sick, you know how, you know, kids just, we just, we love our, our, our siblings and uh, we fight, but we love them. Like we can fight them, but no one else can fight them, right? And uh, you know, and growing up, it's just you know, my, my brother Andre. Like, I remember my mom telling me he was he might have been sick with like the flu or something. Just you know, and he's he's on the couch, and and I'm just off. I'm you know playing with him, rubbing his head, and you know, rubbing his shoulders, and just all around him, you know. And mom's like, okay, okay, you're gonna get sick, and I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know if I word it this this way, but I'm like, I don't know how I had this wisdom at this age. Because I, I, I said, you know, mom, I said, love covers sickness. I said, love, I, I, you know, I said, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, where did that come from? Like, what kid is is speaking like that? And that, you know, and I, I told her, I said, mom, love. And, and here's the thing. I never got sick when he was sick and I played with him. I just never got sick. But I, I said, love covers sickness. And it's a, a reminder of God's love, right? It's a reminder of this, this passage of, of how God's love covers 
all of our sicknesses, our, our mental sicknesses, and, and, and not only covers, not only covers, because that would be putting a Band-Aid on a, a problem with a deep issue, but God cleanses. He goes from the inside out, right? I love how God works backwards of how society works. Society works from the aesthetics, from the outside in, but God says, I'm going to fix you from the inside out, right? So it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing, amazing the compassion that, that Christ demonstrated. And I just pray, I pray that we on a daily basis look for those opportunities, look for the opportunities where we are moved with compassion to, to, to the strangers, to, to the people, to the, those who are considered unlovable, right? Those who cut you off in traffic, those who, who hit against your, your buggy in the grocery store and, and your first inclination is to turn and, and give them an ugly look and tell them off and then try to put your Holy Ghost on the shelf, which isn't even a, a thing. I don't know where we got that from because I don't know how small the Holy Ghost would have to be to fit up on a shelf or how large that shelf is. It, it, it's just, we can't, you know, have that concept. Like, you know, if anything is going on a shelf, it's us because, you know, we're the small ones in this situation. But instead of cutting your eyes to that person or, or getting upset with someone on a phone, it's, it's showing that compassion. It's showing the love that Christ demonstrated on a daily basis. God bless you.